Welcome to another episode of the Fierce Telecom Podcast, your source for exclusive insights from top industry innovators. I am Diana Guvertz, Senior Editor for Fierce's Telecom Group, and I am so excited to be your host for today for what will undoubtedly be a really interesting discussion. Uh, with us today, we have the CEO and CTO of Florida-based fiber provider Wire3 Communications. Jay Ramachandran and Jason Schreiber. Welcome to the show. Hi, Diana. Thank you. Hi, Diana. Thank you for having us on. So let's kick things off with a little bit of background. Who is Wire3? What are you doing? And where are you doing it? Jay, maybe do you want to start? Wire3 is a fiber to the home provider founded by a group of telecom executives uh, with experience in the space, uh, including Jason and I. We are based here in Daytona Beach, although we also have employees in Michigan like Jason and in Rochester, New York, uh, where I spend some time. Uh, And we are providing fiber optic internet service to residents of Volusia County in Florida and further south along the coast as we expand. Jason, can you tell me a little bit about uh, your network? So, right, there are obviously different kinds of fiber. where do things stand uh, with your network? Sure. Yeah, we're, a, we're an XGS PON-based uh, network. Uh, we're building uh, everything brand new uh, from the ground up. It's, it's all uh, a, a brand new overbuild. So uh, we've, we've selected a number of markets and uh, we're, we're building this XGS PON, you know, state-of-the-art, latest, greatest technology. We've selected Nokia as our access platform, and they're, uh, they've become a great partner of ours in helping us get this product launched. And um, all, of our, all of our markets are served by the Nokia platform and the uh, middle mile sections that interconnect all of our, our markets are a native MPLS-based uh, transport with uh, IP peering in uh, two cities in Jacksonville and Miami. We have uh, data centers in both those locations that we uh, locate our core routers. That's Nokia's platform with the Quillian chipset. Uh, I believe so. Yes, it's the their latest uh, their latest technology, and really the the uh, not not only is it an XGS based um, access network, we're really leveraging their uh, automation and integration platform called Altiplano. And uh, really at the core of everything we're doing is utilizing a web services uh, orchestrator in order to allow all of our systems, various systems from billing to uh, all the way from the ONT to the customer service. Everything is integrated and tied together using, uh, using web services and microservices. And, uh, you know, automation not only creates efficiency, but it, it empowers our people to uh, incre- uh, really to create a better customer experience. So somebody that is working first level customer support on the front line is empowered using the technology to really get access to all of the details, such as what are the light levels at the at the customer, or they'll see health checks, and and all of that's uh, at the core of all that is the Nokia Altiplano management platform. Okay. Yeah. We'll get into a little bit of that customer differentiation that you mentioned uh, in just a little bit. I'm curious, is one of the reasons that you chose Nokia's platform, um, the the upgradability of it, right? So I, uh, for those not in the know, um, Nokia offers a platform that is not only XGS PON, but is upgradable to 25G in the future. 
Um, That's right. And is that something you guys looked at when you were selecting this platform? We looked at a number of things. That uh, th- Their technology roadmap was, I think, the most aggressive and gave us the ability to, to have a, an upgrade path to 25G and above using the same access shelves and back office. Uh, so the infrastructure that we're building, you know, everything's built from the ground up. This is all brand new. So we don't want to have to do forklift replacements and retool our technology since we're starting from scratch. We're not burdened by legacy. We're not burdened by uh, you know having to fit this into uh, OSS BSS from uh, you know it's been running for the last ten years. So we could start from scratch. We wanted to uh, start with a platform that gave us the ability to grow and access that next uh, you know follow that that technology roadmap. The other thing that we really liked about it was. You know, despite the fact that we're we're providing a, a fiber technology, and we talk about XGS and all this other, there's other stuff that, in reality, all we're providing is is Wi-Fi. That's what customers really really want. And having uh, visibility and the you know, state of the art uh, Wi-Fi at the customer premise was very important. And Nokia uh, having uh, so much uh, legacy history in wireless technology and, and their chipsets and their radio resource manager, they had a, a, a pretty awesome uh, Wi-Fi story to tell. So the management of Wi-Fi in the home is something that um, they brought to the table and, uh, at a, and also at a very good price. So um, all of that with the automation, Altiplano uh, brought to the table, it, it just ticked all the boxes for us. Okay. Let's this turn Sorry into an that. ad for Nokia. <laughs> um, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> uh, let's uh, focus back on Wire 3 just a tiny bit. So, right, I heard you say you're building all this from scratch. Uh, where do things stand with your fiber build? So can you kind of share, um, maybe Jay, um, some, you know, deployment statistics? How how broad is your coverage area and, and what part of Florida or other states are you covering? Sure, sure. So we are, just keep in mind, we, we finalized our financing with Guggenheim Partners in December of last year, so a little under uh, six months ago. Um, so we've gone from a flat-footed start at that point to today, we've lit up our first neighborhood. Uh, uh, we're about to light up within the next two or three weeks, our second neighborhood. Um, both of those neighborhoods are in New Smyrna Beach in Florida, which is in Volusia County. That being said, the only way for us to meet our growth metrics is for us to build in as many places as possible. Uh, so, so, you know, we've already announced our builds in Port Orange, Holly Hill and Ormond Beach, which are all in the Daytona Beach area. Uh, what you should see in the coming months is announcements of builds outside of Volusia County going further down the coast as we expand our footprint. Um, we view each one of these projects kind of separately. We're working on concurrently, we're, we're trying to work on seven to 10 markets at a time uh, so that we can reach our kind of pass count metrics and growth metrics, not just for this year, but for next year. Um, so that's where, that's where we are. You know, it, we, we've done the testing phase. Uh, it, Jason is underselling the work that he and his team have done on the back office side. Uh, it's not all just, uh, uh, no, he is Altiplano. Uh, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of integration of a lot of different systems. So we don't need people in our back office coding information from one system back into the other. 
Oh, shucks. Thanks, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a whole love fest going on today, right? Um, So, Jay, you and I have spoken before uh, for an article that I wrote for Fierce Telecom. Mm -hmm. um, And one of the things that stood out to me when we spoke was that you guys are going straight into a 10 gig service. Like you're not starting with one gig, two gig, five gig. You're going straight at 10 gigs. Why did you decide to take that path uh, rather than kind of following the multi-gig step up that other operators are choosing? And can people even get 10 gig service today? Well, so number one, absolutely they can. You you know, the ONTs we are buying from, from Nokia support 10 gig service. Now, the, the, the real question is, is do customers have equipment that can handle 10 gigs, right? Um, uh, and that's a different question. If, if you're using even laptops or desktops from three or four years ago, no chance. You can't get 10 gigs. The, 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 the processor support and, and memory requirements to get speeds that fast just weren't there three or four years ago. The other hurdle to get over is, you know, Wi-Fi 6E, which is at the bleeding edge of wireless and what we're providing to customers in ideal scenarios, I think theoretically can get you up to five gigs uh, over utilizing multiple different devices across your network. Um, We are hopeful that when consumer grade Wi-Fi 7 devices come out, uh, that that we can upgrade our our back, our customer prime equipment to, to match that. Uh, so the answer is, is do you need 10 gigs or can you use 10 gigs? No, but I still want it for the same reason I want a Lamborghini. I, I, I may not go 300 miles down the highway. I just like knowing that I can. I guess, I guess if you have uh, money to burn, which I mean, let's talk price point for a quick second. Where, where do you fall on that scale? Sure. So our 10 gig product right now for early adopters that are signing up as we're under construction is $60 a month. In fact, all of our services are $60 a month uh, 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 during that early adopter uh, period. Uh, once we go to normal pricing, uh, our 10 gig service is going to be $120 for just the sake of, of scale here. That is cheaper than anyone else I know of at two gigs. Yeah, just just for listeners, um, I can confirm from previous reporting that uh, a lot of the multi-gig services, so two gig, five gig from competitors like uh, AT&T, Zipli, Google Fiber, uh, those likes, those all kind of range, they fall in that range of 100 to 100 and, you know, 20, $140. So uh, mm-hmm. he's not lying. I have reported on this. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit then um, about differentiation. Um, Jason, obviously you were talking about Wi-Fi uh, a little bit earlier in the context of, of Nokia's offering. Um how are you planning to differentiate yourself? Obviously, the 10 gig service is, is a, a nice marketing tool, but if it all comes down to Wi-Fi, why are they choosing, you know, f- 10 gig fiber over, you know, maybe an incumbent cable provider? Well, listen, we're coming out swinging. Uh, we don't have the burden of the legacy technology to have to uh, uh, contend with. So we can bet on ourselves and bet on this idea that we can deliver a true 10 gig service out to customers. So we're distinguishing ourselves by choosing the latest and greatest technology, uh, hurtling over everyone and, and distinguishing ourselves by being a real disruptor in, in the marketplace. Uh, I mean, that's the, that's the bottom line. People want, uh, they want access to the latest technology. They don't want to be artificially inhibited in speed. And that's what we would be doing. We would, we would add, 
we would add restrictions on the speed at the edge in order to limit our customers' access to the technology, but our technology would be there. It's like inventory with no shelf life. It's like, why don't we allow our customers to utilize what we've already invested in delivering to them? We're not uh, overlaying 10 gig in uh, a few areas only where there's demand for 10 gig. We're only delivering 10 gig. We're not delivering a slower GPON speed. So, so we've just taken the choice that, uh, especially in the beginning, um, where our prices are uh, $60, our lowest price for our fastest speeds, we want to reward our early supporters. If you're an early adopter on our network, you, you helped us become successful, um, which I'm predicting our success, of course, uh, then we will, uh, we're rewarding you by giving you access to the highest speed at the lowest price. Otherwise, all we'd be doing is uh, artificially inhibiting their speed. So while a computer that is few years old might not individually be able to obtain full 10 gig speedtest.net test results, our network will support delivering uh, as much bandwidth as they can consume. And that's really our objective is just come out swinging, give people access to an uncapped experience. And we think that's the distinct, that's the, uh, that's the major differentiator. As far as Wi-Fi is concerned, we, I hate to say it, but in my experience, multiple uh, across multiple ISPs and multiple fiber networks, oftentimes I hear reports from our field service techs and our, our installers. They come back from uh, they come back from appointments where we're replacing a a cable service, and the number one problem a cable service may have been fine. The customer was not happy with the service they had, but it was because their Wi-Fi was experiencing interference with a neighboring device, or maybe they didn't have. The, uh, a modernized router, so they couldn't uh, they couldn't get access to all the bandwidth that the cable uh, any any technology, whether it's fiber cable or DSL, could have delivered. And so, what we see is that having access, uh, having providing a managed Wi-Fi experience for no additional price, we include the Wi-Fi with our service. Um, you can turn it off, and you can provide your own router if you want, but we don't charge extra for the technology that we install. We know that the experience, uh, the customer experience um, is so important and that the Wi-Fi is such a critical element of that, that we we provide that with our service and we manage that, we monitor it. The radio resource manager from Nokia and our, and our back office technology that allows us to get visibility into the performance of that Wi-Fi allows us to, uh, we believe, create a superior customer experience holistically throughout the home. And I think those are the, our major dis, uh, differentiators. Yeah. Uh, Jason, to your point about uh, Wi-Fi being an, an issue for some consumers, I think this is something uh, ISPs broadly are starting to pay more attention to. I think we just heard Charter talk about it at an investor conference that they're kind of putting more focus on that. Um, and I know several other folks, I think AT&T a while back kind of talked about the importance of boosting the in-home experience, not just delivering the network capabilities, but also that, to your point, the in-home Wi-Fi needs to deliver what the network is capable of, right? right. Otherwise, there's no point. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, okay. So, quick couple follow-up questions, and I, I want to change directions just a little bit. Um, so, on the 10 gig service, um, what kind of uptake are you seeing? And also... Jay, when we spoke, did you say you were going door to door? Talk to me a little bit about how you're getting customers uh, with 
you know, probably a lot less name recognition than uh, the incumbents in the area. Sure, sure. So I can talk uh, a little bit about both those points uh, on the 10 gig uptake and I'm cognizant that this is probably because all the speeds are the same price. So, so why wouldn't you pick the fast one, fastest one? Right. Uh, 99%, maybe even higher of, our, of the people that have signed up to our service so far, including people that, you know, have signed up and we haven't delivered service yet are picking the 10 gig speed. Do you expect that to change as the price pricing uh, kind of shifts into that tiered structure once the promotion rolls off? I think so. I think I think it'll people will slide maybe not all the way down to our 300 meg service, but certainly to our gig or two and a half gig service, uh, which are at more kind of sub one hundred dollar monthly price points. That being said, I I still think at least a somewhat noticeable percentage of our customers are going to experience the 10 gig service, love it and stick with it. Right. And just, uh, you know, for listeners, 10 gig is not all just going to one device, right? Uh, to Jason's earlier point, it's it's as much as you can consume, and that would be across all devices, correct? That's exactly right. Correct. correct. Okay. Um, and then, uh, Jay, talk to me a little bit about uh, your, your marketing efforts and the name recognition point. We are efforting and buying our way into name recognition in the communities that we're in. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, obviously, uh, it's 2022. We're doing a lot of digital marketing, a lot of social media marketing, uh, a, a lot of digital referral programs. So, so right now, if one of our uh, customers refers a friend, they get a free month of service from us, uh, and that's been fairly popular. In addition to that, uh, I, I I sometimes feel like the chief, uh, n- not the chief executive officer, just the chief cheerleader. What I mean by that is, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you just this week. This was my schedule this week. Uh, we had two live in-person customer meet and greet events uh, that we had about 50 to 100 people show up at. I brought my 18-year-old son here. He has been going door to door, putting up door knockers in a neighborhood we're about to start construction on. Uh, I've gone door to door meeting with people. Kevin uh, Aubrey, our, our director of marketing, has gone door to door meeting with people. We are getting name recognition is by being out there. We're at, you know, the events that we're not at in the local communities where we are uh, uh, building and serving residents, we will be at those events as we as we continue to grow. I want to shift gears briefly to a couple other kind of topics. Um, Jason, I want to bring you back in. Can you maybe talk to me about supply chain issues and how and whether those are impacting your build? I mean, what maybe equipment is most impacted if you're seeing any sort of impact. Can you, can you, you know, speak to any of that at all? Absolutely. Yeah. So supply chain uh, uh, shortages are, are real and, and prices have, have increased. Um, so far we've been successful in, in planning for that and, and it has not disrupted our, our schedule in any material way. There's no doubt that uh, material, uh, shortages have have uh, increased prices. Simple simple things like uh, hand holes or flower pots, you know, little things that you put your terminals in, uh, where you, you may have budgeted one hundred and eighty or two hundred dollars for a for a for a non rated or maybe three hundred dollars for a rated uh, hand hole. They're now uh, you know double or triple that cost. Other things we haven't had so much difficulty with. Cable hasn't been much of an issue. We've been able to to get cable, uh, drop cables, terminals. They they have not been as much of an issue, uh, but there's no doubt um, our uh, what, 
What we spend a lot of time uh, talking about is long-term resource planning. And, uh, you know, we had, we're, we're planned out uh, 18, 24 months on where we're building. And we build the inventory and carry inventory of the material. Started, we started buying inventory and ordering inventory last November when we were funded. And, and, and I think uh, seeing the potential for supply chain shortages, shortages is, um, has helped us to plan ahead. And, 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 it, and that's why we're, I think, successful and not being disrupted. However, um, anything can change, right? It's, it's happening um, all over where we'll see where we thought that uh, a supplier was going to get us uh, uh, ONTs or radios or something and, and, uh, and something changed. They couldn't get a chip. So now at the last minute, the model changed and we had to change our product um, a little bit to adapt to it. Nokia hasn't been um, immune to that. And, and that's been true in other areas of our outside plant materials where we've had to adapt on the fly in order to uh, just keep work flowing. And for anybody who's not already aware, I have no idea how you could not be aware. Uh, supply chain issues are plaguing the entire industry. You know, everyone from Nokia, Corning, uh, Sienna was just talking about supply chain issues um, recently on their earnings call. So it's kind of across the board uh, that folks are seeing this. Um, Jay, I want to bring you back in. I know you guys got funding from Guggenheim. Um, are you guys planning to apply for any federal funding? Obviously, there's, you know, 65 billion coming through various grant pro programs, uh, most notably the 42.5 coming from the bead program. Are, are you guys looking at that at all? Or are you just kind of head down focused on um, finishing your build with the money you already have? Uh, so it's a little bit of both. So, so we're not going to choose areas that we're going to build based on their, their um, ability to finance it through the bead program. That being said, if monies are available on areas that we're, we were already planning on building or that we were contemplating building, it does improve the case, obviously. Um, so we're investigating that as more information comes out on, on exactly what areas within our footprint would, would apply for that uh, or where the bead funding would be applicable, we continue to look at it. Uh, that being said, um, we are naturally going after the areas right now where there is broadband availability because those are the, the consumers that are really valuing it. Um, our build strategy is largely based on, you know, customer adoption, uh, uh, where we see customers demanding our service and, you know, kind of beating down our, our door, telling us that they want our service right now. <laughs> and, and, and so the, the bead funding doesn't really change that. <laughs> Okay, because uh, uh, just for clarity, uh, bead funding is going to be going towards making sure all unserved areas are served first and then uh, unserved on top of that. Uh, those are the priorities for bead. Um, you know, Jay and Jason, I don't know if either of you have any thoughts on this. Um, some folks have been kind of throwing off comments in investor conferences and earnings calls that, you know, all these fiber players like yourselves are springing up around the country because of all the funding that's available, both federally and from private investors like you secured. Um, and they basically kind of wrote you guys off. They said, you know, in a couple of years, these guys are all going to get rolled up and disappear. We'll roll them and, up. And they'll, uh, they're I'm wondering if you guys have that's any response to that. I mean, I, you're, you're the first person. <laughs> Can I be even more snarky than Jason for a second? Uh, that's exactly... I That's mean, exactly what I would say okay. if I was in their position. 
knowing that I can't provide what the other, uh, you know, more smaller independent uh, fiber to the home providers are providing, right? Uh, I don't think we're going to be the last uh, fiber to the home provider providing very fast a home internet service for a price point that that maybe, you know, a Fortune 50 company couldn't compete with. Uh, and so, of course, I would say, yeah, it's a flash in the pan. They're, they are uh, raising capital uh, predicated on federal funding. Uh, our, our business plan is fully funded without federal funding. That would be the cherry on top in areas where it's applicable, but we don't need it to, to, to execute on our business plan. Listen, I've been in this business uh, a long time now across uh, three fiber to the home providers and prior to that, a competitive overbuilder. The reason we exist and the reason why you're seeing such fracturing in, in, the, in, the, uh, in this space is because the, the incumbent providers have just failed to serve the market properly. They're not serving the market demands. We exist because there's a market need for it. And, um, and we're here to serve it. And we've done it. I've done it a couple times and I intend to continue to, to do it. Um, will there be a roll up? Uh, it seems inevitable in any fracturing, majorly fractured industry. There's going to be some winners and losers and the stronger players might buy the little players. It doesn't mean that there's any, uh, any, any material change to the service that's being provided. The, the, uh, the service that we are building is in high demand. It's needed by the consumer. It's needed in places that um, have been ignored for too long. People deserve this and it's what they want and they're flocking to us and because, because of it. So we're, I think we'll be rewarded for that. Ah, got, got you guys fired up with that question. Uh, last one. And before we leave it uh, for the day, um, what's your two year, five year plan? Besides uh, world domination, uh, no, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, it, listen, we want to serve as many residents uh, along the Florida coast as we can in the time that we in the next four years, right? And so, so what does that mean? There are uh, in communities that we're targeting right now. There's approximately a million homes. Uh, we want to serve as many of those million homes as we can. Um, as soon as we reach saturation there, I don't know what we're going to do next. I haven't thought that far ahead, right? Uh, uh, it, you know, at this time last year, Wire 3 wasn't a, wasn't a real company uh, other than, you know, in Jason and my mind. Uh, so, so planning four years, past four years is a little bit difficult. I do know what our goal is right now, uh, but, but, you know, it would be foolish to tell you what our what our internal goals are because you guys would probably laugh at us. But uh, uh, but but rest assured, we're we're pretty aggressive. I, I can tell you um, what our future goals will, uh, what our future products will include, is increased emphasis on uh, chasing the consumer uh, demand. You know, you're seeing an increase in 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 different uh, technologies that lever- leverage fiber. We're going to continue to. We have a product roadmap and, and a roadmap that uh, for developing our services that will uh, there's there's a lot more to come than just delivering an internet service to uh, somebody to a single family home. Let's just put it that way. We've we've got some pretty exciting stuff coming down the pipe. All right. We'll keep our eyes open for it. Uh, Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you both, uh, Jay and Jason, for joining us today on another episode of Fierce Telecom's podcast. Uh, We look forward to keeping track of your progress. uh, And thanks again. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us.